0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Series 4, Episode 1 of the Sports for Dummies podcast. And man, has it been a while, but it's absolutely brilliant to be back. I am Lewis, and I'm joined by Hope for this cracking podcast, which has been missed dearly. Hope, how are you doing?
1: I'm very well. I tell you what, I was looking, I was setting up our recording today, and I was like, what series are we on? Had to double check. I can't believe it's only Series 4.
0: I know that is actually mental, to be fair. It is only series four, but we have covered so much content. So for those listening for the first time, this is a podcast for you, whether you know anything or absolutely nothing about sports. Me and Hope are going to wrap up the three biggest stories of the week, full of drama, full of laughs, just to catch up with what's been going on in the world of sports.
1: And of course, catch up with each other as well. Before we move on to today's stories, Lewis, recently been on holiday. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, I did, to be fair, Hope. It was good. I went down to the south coast. My grandparents have a little holiday home down there. So it was down at the south coast, not far from Bournemouth. Yeah, very, very lovely. And weather was beautiful. So we had a great time. Although I did promise you, because actually going back a couple of weeks, I was in Paris and I had a story for you that I was going to tell you about and the listeners, um, where I was nearly homeless in Paris. Oh,
1: yeah. Right, go on then. So if you listen to the last episode of Series 3, Lewis was talking about how he went to Paris. He was doing the tennis logging, but it was the same time Liverpool playing, right?
0: Yeah, it's right. Yeah.
1: When he arrived, there was a situation. Tell us a story from the top, Lewis.
0: Yes. So I won't. I won't give you the full shebang because it's very, very long. But anyway, to cut a long story short. Okay. N- <laughs> never. No, only because. I,
1: let me. Tell us a little bit of the story, then, Lewis.
0: <laughs> First thing I'm going to say to everyone, right? And I, I have no animosity for anybody. I'm a. Completely neutral person. But what I will say to everyone listening, never, ever, ever book with Booking.com. No two ways about it. I'm not having a debate. They are absolutely flipping useless.
1: So, so if they approach us for a sponsorship deal, we're saying no.
0: Absolutely not, no. They are, I have no interest. I would even take a place, if, even if they opened the door for me in a hotel room, I still wouldn't go in because they're that useless. I rocked <laughs> up to my apartment that we'd booked in Paris. We got, on the, you know, got off the Eurostar. It was 30 degrees, absolutely boiling hot. Travelled all the way up the metro to this um yeah to our hotel or the apartment we were due to stay in. And there was no one there. there. There was no sign of life, nobody was there. I rang the bell a couple of times. Anyway, did some of my investigation, brought out some of that Sherlock Holmes wit inside of my little skull. And I went to the next I went to the barber's next door. Hello, do you know flat number doo 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 or whatever? Um no, go to the next shop. You're not because...
1: gonna get very far saying doo-doo doo, are you?
0: <laughs> okay, well, I don't remember I can't remember what the number was. Come but anyway. again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, I was going on and on and on. And in the end, I had, we called booking, Booking.com. This was about, oh goodness, this was about half eight at night. So we arrived into Paris at six. So we'd spent two and a half hours trying to work out what was going on. We eventually got through to Booking.com after hours of calling and found out the room we booked was actually unavailable. So the room that we planned to stay in, they didn't mean to have up on the website, but they'd left up there for some reason or another. Anyway, so it's now nine o'clock at night in Paris. We're stranded. We're homeless, right? So we've got no room. We travelled back to the Gare du Nord, which is the main station in Paris, to be safe. So we're staying around there. And it was getting later and later and later. All hotels booked for either way too expensive out of our budget. Couldn't do it. And it gets to half 10, right? It's half 10 at night. So it's half nine in the UK. We You're thinking
1: no- we're going to have to sell on a bench here.
0: Yeah, we're stuffed. Yeah, we're we're absolutely mudded. We have no, we've got no two ways about it. We've got no push or shove. It's not like we can go to a hostel because again, they're all full. Literally anywhere you looked, hope was full. There was no- Well,
1: obviously Liverpool were playing. It was the final.
0: Yeah, it was around that time too. But also the other thing was going on, there was a massive French art exhibition, something, there was something going on anyway. So it was like, (laughs) he's going to make it up. So we're standing there going, we're just stuffed. Like, this is it now. We're going to be stuck here for the night. And we were all, it was very, very stressful anyway an absolute blessing i'm very grateful so there was this guy in the Gare du Nord, a security man spoke absolutely no english and my two mates weren't very up for it but i was going around to everyone saying hello do you speak english hello do you speak english and eventually obviously in french and it, these guys said no you know we speak no english now they'd seen us standing in the garden Nord for hours and hours obviously we're the only people in there with suitcases we're like dripping in sweat oh. we look very concerned and eventually they walked up to me and they kind of shrugged there were two of them and they shrugged their shoulders and went like what's going on like why are you guys still here so I said one moment got out my phone google you know google my, yeah google translate right so I go google translate and it never does it correct it never does it fully how you want it to go but I basically wrote to them saying what had happened you know it, we, we planned to stay in this apartment it didn't work out we're now in this situation can you help and they turned around and they went yeah one moment no worries so I'm like okay great they walked over to this hotel and checked it out for us and it was full. So they came back to me and the guy one of the guys took my phone and said okay no problem I'm going to stay with you and basically oh. he, yeah to wrap it up he walked us around every single hotel near the train station they were all completely full and then by the grace of god my dad found a train station um, a train station my dad found a hotel online that we managed to book and this guy drove us from the gardenor all the way to this hotel dropped us off we didn't even know his name like he was the nicest guy in the world spoke absolutely no English so whoever the if you ever meet the security in the garden or definitely give them a shout out because they are absolute flipping legends and that yes. dude literally yeah
1: I've actually got tears in my eyes that's such a wonderful story <laughs> yeah, it
0: was really it was really really sweet I couldn't we we couldn't really believe it to honest. I'm very I feel very grateful to God because I couldn't I couldn't quite I couldn't quite understand how kind he was like he literally when I tell you Again, you know, the area around the garden is not very safe. It's quite a dangerous, it's known as quite a dangerous area. There's lots of violence that goes on there and stuff. And it was, it was daunting, you know, walking around at, at night around this place. He was looking at every single person. It was very clear that we were like tourists, not having a clue what was going on. Yeah. He took complete care of us the entire night, took us all the way to this other hotel, absolute legend really was the nicest guy and we gave him a little tip but obviously we didn't have any euros because no one carries cash so we had like you know we had a couple of euros change spare that we gave to him and it was just very very grateful so that is my story or highlight i should say from paris there you go
1: oh bless him well they are there are good people out there,
0: there for are. every anyway, rubbish
1: I- for every rubbish five people there's at least one good person before we start lewis i know you're keen to crack on do you know someone called duncan cross
0: i do know duncan cross Yes.
1: Okay, Duncan is very excited that we're doing Series 4.
0: Duncan is, an, well, Duncan actually was one of my best mates back in the day, back in Year 10 and 11, back in the, the days of, oh, goodness, what was that? What, what cl- we did all sorts of classes together. We, were, we did DT together in Year 9. We did French together. He's a really, really sound guy, massive Liam Gallagher fan. Um, yeah, shout out to Duncan. I'm, I'm
1: trying to find Duncan's message so I can quote him exactly. Oh, there he is. I did think we had a genuine fan. But it's okay. He's still a fan. Oh, it's not coming <laughs> up. Okay, but he basically just said he misses Hope and Lewis' time on the podcast. He's very excited for series four. So there we go, well, Duncan. Shout out to you. Thank you for listening.
0: Cheers, Duncan. Really appreciate that. Really, pre- and he's stuck with me since day one. Bit of a bit of an OG. There you go. go. Um, but b- Hope, go on.
1: I was just going to say, on that merit, let's kick off with story number one of four. Of- <laughs> no, <that> I am. <laughs> <laughs> on that merit, let's kick off with the first story of series four.
0: Okay, Hope, we're beginning with a very interesting piece of news that I woke up to today. I was very, very surprised reading this headline. Quite an amazing story, really. We're talking about two women, Anita Alvarez and Andrea Fumentes. Have you heard either of these names, Hope, in the last 24 hours?
1: Uh, Are they swimmers? Yes. Right. I think I did see this, although I thought someone's name was Sunny or something. But maybe the headline just said, in a sunny location, and I got confused. Maybe, I mean, this, it was in Budapest. There was something about a swimming, swimming pool emergency.
0: Yes, that is right, Hope. So American swimmer Anita Alvarez was competing at the World Aquatics Championship. Now, she was competing in the final of the solo free event in Budapest. And it was sunny, that is right. So that's probably where you read the sunny title. She had actually just completed, well... Again, there's no video, so it's kind of hard to make out, and lots of reports have, have given different news headlines. But the way it's kind of written is that she was either at the latter stages of her um, of, of, of her, uh, com- no, what, what, performance, you might call it. Say in, that in, line okay. again. Okay. Um, she was in the latter stages of competing, and she'd either just finished or was about to finish, and all of a sudden, she just fainted. So literally, in a, in a split second, fainted in the pool and started to sink. And her coach, Andrea Fuentes, literally dives in, and there are these absolutely incredible shots taken by photographers of her diving in to save her, picking her up and taking her out of the water and the the entire scene of how this all happened was literally in like milliseconds, absolutely insane and incredible incredibly done by um Fuentes for that kind of um in a bit what would the word be instinct yeah incredible instinct to just dive in and save her it was absolutely amazing. So, there you go. That has just happened in Budapest.
1: Oh my goodness. That is so scary. It's
0: very, very... Do there we are... know
1: why she fainted? Is there, like, have they checked... I mean, maybe they've checked her out and haven't actually released that information yet.
0: So... No, not really. I mean, so they they have announced officially. um, Fuentes, obviously the coach, has written on Instagram. She's all fine. They've done full oxygen tests and all those things, heart checks and stuff, and she seems to be okay. But no, they haven't released why. And even worse news, hope, something that we can definitely talk about now, and it's more of a, a discussion, not necessarily debate, but I'd be interested to hear your opinion, is that this isn't actually the first time Alvarez has fainted. She actually fainted back in the Olympic qualifications in Barcelona last year. And again, Fuentes had to jump in and save her so this is the second time it's happened. Now mm. the kind of the reason that they've given, the reason that Fuentes has said this happened is because it's a, She's referred to it as high endurance sports. So stuff that she's her statement she wrote was: we sometimes forget that this happens in other high endurance sports, marathons, cycling, cross country. We have all seen images where where some athletes don't make it to the finish line, and others help them to get there. So my question to you, Hope, is: let's say in football right now, there's a footballer that faints. They go through lots and lots of checks. They might be out for a couple of months. Do you think in this scenario where she's fainted twice, would it be correct for her? She's due to compete tomorrow on Friday. At the time of recording, this is Thursday. She's due to compete tomorrow in fri- on, on Friday um, for the, yeah, the team's finals. Should she do that? Should she be allowed to compete literally two days after this accident has happened?
1: From a health perspective, not that I'm putting my doctor hat on. Oh. <laughs> um, From a, from a health perspective, perspective yes I I think no I think that from a health perspective that actually she probably shouldn't be allowed in case there is something deeper going on there I say that not trying to make it about me but the other day I passed out yeah I had like a sickness and diarrhea bug and it was clearly it was clearly because I was dehydrated because I literally had nothing left in me but I went to the hospital to get checked out because I had concussion and he was checking if he was asking me questions like um, are you on your period? When was your last period? Um, Have you had sex since your last period? Have you been coughing a lot? Or have you been passing any blood? And the reason he asked me those questions is because he was concerned that maybe I passed out because of an internal bleed. So from a health perspective, if this has happened more than once, I mean, okay, the fainting that you mentioned happened probably years prior. But actually, if she's not had a full health assessment just yet, then there could be something more going on there. But on the other side, on the other hand of that, as an athlete, she should know in herself if she's okay enough to do it. And it wouldn't be a good experience for her. In fact, it'd be heartbreaking if she was told you can't do it, if she felt well enough to do it and it was happening because maybe because of the high endurance or because of nerves.
0: Yeah absolutely i mean and some sports naturally So, on the
1: fence in conclusion
0: (laughs) no i think but i think i'm the same i think it's it kind of goes both ways i feel i feel differently if it was say like powerlifting or something like eddie hall where you literally do pass out as you compete in the lifts and stuff it's a bit different because that naturally does happen given the extremity of the sport but i never i never thought that i never thought that this sort of type of swimming was a was a high i know it's high endurance but you wouldn't associate it with passing out like I, it never Mm. it kind of and the way that it happened too, it wasn't like it wasn't like she started sort of you know in the water started to get a bit sleepy and fainted. Literally, as she was performing, it was gone, like complete blackout. And you see the photo of her sinking, and it's like it's not very natural. It doesn't look it doesn't look normal. And exactly as you've said, I think questions need to be raised. Given it's happened before, of course that there's one aspect that you have to say that's her career, that's her profession, that's what she loves doing. But if it's going to cause you to pass out, then it, you know you've got to kind of weigh up the the, the pros and cons of that, right?
1: There's also the disruption it would cause to the other people who are competing as well. If that's happening, it kind of, this might not be the right thing to say, but it could even take a shine off people who perform well because all the media outlets are going to be talking about what's happened with the fainting for one yeah. reason or kind of the cause for concern from an, from another angle where people are, the other competitors are actually worried about who they're competing with in terms of her health. It's a sticky one. It's a sticky one. And obviously there is the situation as well. I know you mentioned weightlifting there. um, And like on World's Strongest Man, I've seen people pass out. And there are the big cement balls and all of that situation, which obviously could cause injury. But if you're passing out in water, there is the high probability of drowning. So that increases the risk of allowing you to compete.
0: No, for definite, and you're exactly right as you said there. That there are photos also, hope of her US teammates, and they look absolutely terrified. Or you know, there are tears, lots of them, look very, very shocked. And there's no surprise. You know, you're not going to casually stand around when that happens, and. and react in a good way it's obviously going to really really affect you and you're right that the media outlets then don't necessarily focus on the good stuff that's happened in the day it's all about that and you're you're spot on I think I when I reading the articles there was no news on how anyone else got on or how people competed it literally was all about her in the end she finished seventh actually despite not finishing which was quite amazing given that the circumstances that happened um but there you go so i'll we'll have to wait and see whether she competes again say on friday but i'd be interested to see actually long term what this uh, the effect this has on her career and whether she will continue doing um yeah kind of taking part in in free solo. solos you don't
1: want her legacy or i'm sure she doesn't want her legacy to end up being oh yeah that's the one who fainted all the time so yeah. there is that in terms of career career respect but there's also the element of encouraging the younger, younger generation, that is a big thing that is often talked about in all different types of sports, that especially young women, you want to encourage them to get involved in sports. This, if people saw this, they could be scared. Sorry, there's a jet going over. Meow. Um, they could be actually, oh, still going. Can, can, can we not? Can we not? I'm just gonna carry on. Um, it could actually make young people think, oh no, I don't want to do that. I don't want that to happen to me. That's scary.
0: Yeah. And uh, I'm really glad she's had a full recovery and that she's managed to recover. And, you know, there's been no kind of consequence off of that, which is great, but you're right. You know, if you're taking part in a sport, I think let's come back to kind of what we were saying with powerlifting and stuff, you know, full well, when you get into a sport like that, there are serious risks or whether you're doing heavy lifting or cement ball picking up, whatever the, the bonkers things that they do in the world's strongest man, you know, there is an element of risk to that, but I've never in myself, I've never associated Swimming necessarily with risk, but you're right; it does come with that added element of drowning. And there there are multiple reports saying that if she'd stayed in there for a couple of seconds longer, or if Fuentes hadn't reacted, actually, um, there was a serious risk of drowning. But on top of that, too, I think question marks need to be raised about the the lifeguards. You know, Fuentes in a um, in an interview afterwards was absolutely furious and kind of said, "Look, the reason why she jumped in because the lifeguards did nothing." And it makes you, it really does make you wonder, like, what were they doing in that moment? and what actually happened as a result of her having to jump in. And then not only that, an onlooker, a fellow onlooker jumped in who was kind of an unknown, jumped in to save her as well. And you just think, like, what are the lifeguards doing in that situation? What's happening that means that they didn't even bother to jump in? It's just really strange. Well, I
1: assume there'd be a full investigation into that.
0: I imagine there will be, yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. But that remains to be seen, Hope. But there you go. That really is uh, is story number one. So hopefully, and we wish Anita Alvarez of all course. the best in her recovery, and hopefully... Um, she can bounce back and, you know, get any tests needed and find out what actually is going and on. And let's see how
1: conditions. she gets on on Friday. Exactly. Lewis, what is story number uno? So we've had swimming. What's next? <laughs> what? She's not swimming.
0: See, how this is She's why not a swimmer? you're brilliant. No, this is why you're brilliant, because you've just said, what you you, you just said, What story number uno? Two. <laughs> <laughs> so you can tell, you, we know that you didn't do Spanish in school. Um, really, I'm really paying one? attention.
1: I thought you were picking on me because you f- it was not swimming, and I was like, "Wait a minute, what no. was I thinking?"
0: No, <laughs> no, no, no. I was saying that we've already done story number one. Story number two, hope <laughs> we're doing. Yes, we've just actually had the NBA finals. That is completed, hope. But we are now going to discuss story number two, is the NBA draft 2022 featuring an XGB basketball
1: have you seen hustle by the way on netflix
0: no that's something i need to watch i've been i'm really surprised you haven't watched
1: that because you are number one basketball fan
0: don't you worry that's on my list no the reason why i have honestly i my life has been non-stop since i got back from paris so now i've got some time on my hands i'm gonna watch it i have a plan tomorrow night the fam are out i've got some time on my own get
1: yourself pizza is it amazing i loved it i mean to be honest it reminds it's it's like the basketball version of creed
0: Okay, right.
1: So you kind of know yeah, how it's going to go, but it's a good film. Yeah,
0: I can, I guess. I'll definitely, and definitely check you
1: it out. will know some yeah, people I'll, in there because I didn't know who they were, but you know basketball.
0: Oh, they are. Oh, it's got, okay, that'll be cool actually. If it's got, okay, that, that'll be wicked. I I'm think it's cool, a better
1: right. legacy basketball film than Space Jam.
0: Wow. Okay, that's a, that's a big call. That is a big call. Space Jam okay, 2, okay, Space, Space Jam 2,
1: which has got bad reviews.
0: I, Space Jam 2 is there. We go. So I think it I beats Space watch- Jam 2. Right have you watched space jam no two? but you
1: said it was bad so i trust you
0: yeah it was dreadful um, and for anyone listening no hate love you lebron james but yeah it was not not the sort
1: of let's but, um, but, but before you go lewis sorry i keep i'll keep button in when he's trying to say something but if no, you worry. watch space jam 2 or hustle tell us what you thought you can email us sportsdummiespodcast at gmail.com
0: yeah, let us know. Because I mean, to be fair, Space Jam 2 was fun, like the concept was fun and it was cool. But when you've had a film that was that good as Space Jam, it's hard to match as you kind of said the legacy. It's kind of hard to match the hype of that builds. Mm. And it just wasn't yeah. there. It wasn't the same sort Sometimes of thing.
1: just leave it where um, it was and move on.
0: Yeah, exactly. And just enjoy, you know, it could have been a one time film. Didn't have to be two, but anyway, there you go. That's been made now. So we hope are talking about a man called Jeremy Soshan, who actually is a professional basketballer for Poland but has lived in the UK. We'll get onto his career and his history all about that. But it's very, very exciting because it's the first time since 2010 that an ex-GB, or whether you want to call him a GB international, we can get to, um, is in the NBA draft. And he's definitely, definitely going to be drafted tonight. So it's very, very exciting news. Ooh,
1: drafty. What was his name again? Drafty.
0: Jeremy Soshan. Jeremy Soshan. Soshan. I think in America, they call him Soshan. Soshan. But he's got an interesting, very interesting background, Hope. So he's, He's got a Polish mother, American father. He moved to the UK when he was two. He was born in America. Um, and his mum was actually a pro basketballer. So he grew up and his life was based around basketball. How so, tall is you know, she? He kind of got... I don't know how tall she is, but I know how tall he is. How tall is he? He is six foot nine. Oh! So, <laughs> so big! So he's a tall dude. He's got a very, very big wingspan oh, as well. His wingspan's oh, enormous. I
1: didn't know. What? It was even English. I didn't think you were going to say wing. I thought you were going to say something, Winky.
0: Uh, oh my days! You are. This is what happens. We don't do this podcast for weeks, and you just lose the plot. You lose the plot.
1: Sorry, you naughty person. Wing. Uh, wing, not Winky.
0: Wing. Well, I'm sure wing. that's. I'm like, sure his can... Winky
1: is fine too. Carry on. His mum was a basketball player, professional.
0: His, yeah, his mum was a basketball player. Unknown age. Exactly, height unknown, player unknown, but I knew she played basketball professionally. Um, He joined age six the Solent Kestrel, so a team down on the south coast where he kind of continued to develop his skills and stuff, got better at basketball as the years went on. And a few years later, he moved to Milton Keynes and joined the Milton Keynes Trojans, they called it, the MK Trojans. And at that point, he had the choice. He had to decide between football or basketball because he was a goalkeeper. Exactly. This sounds like, like
1: the plot of Hustle, I'm not joking.
0: Really? I'm not trying
1: to give any spoilers, but...
0: No, don't, you're going to ruin Sorry. it. Sorry, <laughs> it's
1: just very similar yeah. so far. me,
0: yeah. And, but yeah, he, he was actually a goalkeeper in football, which kind of makes sense being six foot nine, would be a brilliant goalkeeper, really tall, probably quite athletic too, being a basketballer as well. But he decided that because he wanted to follow his dream of making it to the NBA, becoming a you know, professional basketballer, he had to take it seriously. So at that point, he dropped football, continued with basketball, and, and then away he went. So he actually moved back to America a couple of years later to develop his career. And now he is literally about to take part in the draft. So he played one year in kind of college university basketball, if you will, for the Baylor Bears. And he averaged 9.2 points per game, which is all right. It's not great, not bad. But his highlight hope is his defensive attributes, one of which he averaged 6.4 rebounds per game. So you can imagine he's a dude, just like you saw in the film probably. Again, I haven't watched it. But when the ball bounces off the backboard, he's the guy jumping up, snatching the ball. Yeah grabbing it, moving it on. Um, he's supposed to be a very good defensive player.
1: Question. You know yes. I was going to ask questioning because I don't my face. I'm like, question. <laughs> um, Team GB you said he was.
0: Technically. This yeah, is how the come? If his, if his
1: dad's Polish, does mum, or is it, all the way around? Mum's Polish, dad's American?
0: American, correct. So, Living in the living in the UK, so in, in Great Britain, he had the choice between playing for Poland or playing for uh, playing for U, the GB. But He decided to pick um, Poland over GB because of the money involved and the opportunities. Because in the Euro leagues in Poland, there are there is more money invested into basketball than in Great Britain. And Why? I think from a because as I think as we spoke about before, hope. In Europe, there's actually quite a big push for basketball. In countries, say, that aren't necessarily as big in football, somewhere maybe like Poland, basketball is big in countries that you wouldn't expect. Places like Spain, France, um, Poland. I didn't even actually know that Polish basketball is very popular, but actually reading into it, it clearly is. And he clearly also, there was definitely a money element. He definitely highlighted that. There was definitely a payout in some um, some format. And I my bet would be that the money disparity between, say, the top, um, the top paying sports in Poland versus in Great Britain are absolutely enormous. So, if you're a top footballer in Poland, I imagine your wage would be quite similar, say, to a basketballer in the UK, in Great Britain. If you're playing professional football in the Premier League and you're a, you're a professional football, um, professional basketballer, the money that you earn is completely different. So, I suspect that probably played an element too. Um, But there you go. So technically, he isn't necessarily playing for GB, but the reason why it's so exciting is because he actually lived here. And it's very rare that you actually see people that grow up in the UK that play basketball here, that then move to America and actually make it full time. He
1: could have been in the GB.
0: Correct. He could have been for GB. That's right. He could have been.
1: Question for you. As someone who is a basketball fan and a football fan. Do you wish basketball was as celebrated and respected here as much as football instead of football. So would you like basketball to replace football?
0: Good question. Okay, for me personally, my take on it is this. I would say yes, but the way that it would work doesn't work. So the way that you want that to happen is impossible, purely because the NBA is a franchise. It's set up as a league. It wouldn't work. So... In one aspect, yes, I'd love there to be a, a stronger GB league, like a league in the UK where um, American basketballers flew over and came over here, played their basketball. We got to watch, you know, LeBron James, Yanis um, Antetokounmpo, whoever it is that's the top headliners. But the truth is, that never happened because the NBA is already an established thing. It's like the Premier League. If you could try and grow another league, like the MLS. If you flip it around, say, football is is well soccer out in the u.s is growing in one aspect it definitely is developing into a into a much more um yet a, a celebrated sport in america but i think the fact of the matter is it won't be as ever big as baseball it won't be as big as nfl it won't be as big it might be as big as basketball to an extent but it won't be and i think that's the thing when you have roots in certain traditions be it in football or in cricket or whatever it's hard for other sports to really blossom up when there are already things established in place So in one aspect, yes, I would. I'd love it to be that there was a a proper basketball. um, Yeah, proper basketball. I I think fandom, if you understand what that means. Like, I wish there were more fans. So on your road, say, instead of living on your road and you've got a Chelsea fan and a Leicester fan, and whoever, you've got an LA Lakers fan and a Boston Celtics fan and a Miami Heat fan. And that way you could all talk about it. But unfortunately, because of the domination of sports like football, like cricket in this country, that won't ever happen. So and I think there's also something very cool. That, and again, sorry to No, you're on.
1: not. Go. We haven't heard from you in weeks, Lewis. So you ramble away.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think the other fun thing that I really enjoy, actually, is that there's something really cool about following a sport that's more niche in a country. Like, I always really appreciate when I talk to fellow basketball fans that are proper basketball fans that know what they're talking about because there's something quite exciting about that. You know, it's very rare. You, meet, you might meet a basketball fan, you know, in inverted commas, who, like, knows about the finals or whatever but doesn't follow the sport. In football, it's very common to meet people who like football and might support a team but don't actually follow football, don't know what's going on. Whereas in basketball here, people that you meet that are basketball fans often know the sport inside and out. And that's really cool because you can actually have those deeper conversations straight away about the sport than kind of having to introduce, it, like, you know, with a foot- you might meet a football fan who doesn't know anything and he knows about, say, like the England national team. That doesn't happen in basketball in the same way. So there's something cool about that to follow a sport that's kind of less, um, yeah, less appreciated here.
1: I really want to go to a basketball game. <laughs> That's the end of the conclusion.
0: That's the end. Basketball games are legendary. Great atmosphere. Loads of fun. Very high paced, high entertainment. Great sort of outside things, like external factors too. You know, you've got the, the halftime shows they do every time they take a break. They do like, you know, they'll do like, they'll shoot the t-shirts and they'll do all sorts of fun things. And they'll do like kiss cams and dance cams. Brilliant well, let's dreams. hope that one
1: day when sports are dummies is huge, we get invited to go to a game.
0: Yes, absolutely. I'm going to put that get me wrong, out there Hope. into the ethos. You should, yeah, you should, you should, you should say, because I think, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are games here that are great, like London Lions Basketball, you know, association. They get lots of fans every week. They're a popular basketball team in the UK and there are actually ex, um, ex-American pros, ex-European pros who come and play in the league. But, the truth is that with the other sports they have to compete with, it's very very difficult for basketball to really blossom. But either way, it's a very very exciting prospect. Um, and coming back to Jeremy, hopefully he ends up a, a great team. It looks as if he's trained with Oklahoma City Thunder. He's trained with San Antonio Spurs. He's had meetings with other teams. So it's a, basically hope to kind of put it into sports the as we yeah. Because get I'm sports. getting, I won't I lie, I'm Spur- getting a bit lost. Yeah. So the draft hope is basically if you imagine right now, we'll do it in we'll do it in football format. It'll make most sense. If you imagine for all the twenty teams in the Premier League, there were young blossoming athletes that were all say like well majority of are all say like twenty one or twenty-three and under. And every team could pick players from
1: like a roster. This makes sense to me because in the film, (laughs) yes, they have to go to this thing and they all have to like show their ability and all the scouts are there.
0: Exactly that. So Exactly that.
1: He's been invited to the draft, so hopefully he'll be picked up by an NBA team. And he, yes, it's, it's really it. tough it. to get into the draft.
0: Yes, there's only sixty. there are only 60 um, players that are picked from every draft. So to actually get selected as a draft player is very, 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 very difficult. And that can't be underestimated. There are so many like good players that go unnoticed in their careers. So many players end up playing in the G League, which is effectively the league below the NBA, kind of professional, but not really, um, that are actually talented enough to play, say, in any European league. But because the standard in the US is so high, for the nba they just don't make i didn't it.
1: mean to cut short your um football analogy so i do apologize i just knew it
0: no no, no not at all not <laughs> at all but you, but you got it i just but knew it but, but so no what was point the point yes yeah. no there's no way we're waffling on for you but you know but exactly that so he he's not expected to be in the top three the top three are, are normally like la creme de la creme they're the players that are wanted by every club um, or every. Team and what are the they NBA.
1: is it the la lakers philadelphia's sixes
0: 76 as you did, but that was alright. No, so it, this hope this gets a little bit more complicated to explain about the draft because how it actually works. Okay, well, again, we'll put it in football terms. I'll try and Okay, and it. I it won't interrupt you this
1: time. I will ask just quickly before you no. go. Was the oh. origin of basketball in, in America? It's in Australia then, in America.
0: <laughs> yes, it's an American. Okay,
1: sport. now you can yeah. do it.
0: Um so it's kind of it's quite complicated to explain. It's not very simple. The only way I can kind of put it into sort of footballing terms would be. Imagine, say, kind of from top to bottom in the Premier League, so you've got one to 20. The teams that are kind of lowest ranked, whether that's, say, we'd say Norwich or Burnley, those teams that got relegated, they would receive the best players. To kind of What they're trying to do is they try and balance the league. But it gets even more complicated than that because you can actually trade your draft picks. So let's say right now, Hope, in the Premier League, I'm Manchester City and you're Norwich. So you've just got relegated from the Premier Canaries. League. I just won the Premier League. There you go, the canaries, there you go. And what are the what are, what are Manchester City called?
1: The Raheem Sterlings. <laughs> I don't know. Right.
0: We'll, we'll what, are what are they um, called? What are they called? Um they don't really have it, kind of like the sky. So blows. that was a they trick. Really you give
1: me a trick question.
0: What? Sorry, right, I didn't mean to make you cry. <laughs> um, anyway. Too late. So, yeah. <laughs> so um I can actually hope. So it's quite clever how big teams do things. So let's say right now that you've got, you've been assigned the number one draft pick for the NBA. So you're going to get effectively or supposedly the best player, the best young player. The number one. Exactly. Or whoever, well, again, it gets a bit more complicated. Okay. Is it
1: the one, is it number one in terms of performance or is it the one everyone thinks is going to be number one because of their reputation?
0: Yeah. So it's not, so there isn't necessarily like, there isn't an order of ranking. There isn't, there isn't like, it's not like, Say on in football, you might have Messi, then Ronaldo, then Neymar, then Mbappe. It depends on what your team needs. Like if your team needs a big player, you're not going to go for the, the shining young yeah. star that's small and is it's a dribbler. Like,
1: if we need a defender, I'm not going to want to sign a striker or a goalie because exactly. that would make so no sense to my team. A team.
0: <laughs> no, so so the top three basically are often picked by say like smaller teams that haven't done as well or i say smaller teams i mean smaller teams that haven't competed as well no team is smaller than another in the nba really but let's say i'm man city now and you're norwich and you've got the number one pick i can trade you some of my things for your pick so you might have a so that, so this is the like thing that gets pokemon complicated. cards so exactly so but it works a bit differently than that because As an example, you might have a pick for the... Because they they have years of picks. You might have a the 2027 number four draft pick. Like, that might just be a thing. You might have been assigned that. I could trade you two of my players and some money, and you might trade me a player back and also your draft pick. So what some big teams do is to keep building so that their players don't get old. So let's say someone you might regret that, because then you might
1: need one in 2027.
0: Well, this is the thing. So it all gets gets complicated, because... Because you could you could trade me right now your draft pick for a number of years down the line that's going to be a top pick, but I equally might by that point I might have built a team that like I don't need that draft pick anymore so it's kind of like a wasted pick and you've got rid of it and now you really need it because your team's fallen off so there's actually a lot of skill involved in the NBA draft and working out how to trade players and stuff because the other thing that happens open this gets even more complicated don't in the draft so is you can you can you can if, let's say right now as Norwich. You draft a player and you get a defender in, and we need a defender, we can swap you on the night a player. So you effectively could get your player could get drafted to you right now, and within hours he could be playing for us. It's really complicated. And do the players get a say? No. Oh. In basketball, it's basketball's very it's very cutthroat, i was the only word to use. Like it's very much like we decide what we're doing. The players do get a say to an extent. You know, if you're LeBron James, you're not going to get traded out of your team like that.
1: How old but is equally... he, by the way? He must be getting on.
0: LeBron, thirty-seven.
1: Yeah, he must be getting He's on. He's old. When's yeah. he going to retire? Still a legend,
0: though. Oh, I don't think for years. Really? For Years. But no, even he... no, 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 no. He'll keep going because I think he'll. He's trying to build a career really that is that's like long lasting, and he's trying to outlive Michael Jordan and players that have come. Before and how old
1: were they, they when they legends. retired?
0: Michael you can give 39? like a rough, you haven't
1: got to give the real age.
0: No, yeah, I don't know. I think Michael Jordan, they Michael Jordan, um, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Kobe Bryant, they were all in their late 30s, possibly early 40s.
1: Kobe Bryant didn't, did he retire or did he die before he retired? He did
0: retire and then he, no, he retired and he passed away. Yeah, really sadly.
1: That does yeah, suck, but- doesn't it?
0: Yeah, so it's so. I mean, more than such, like,
1: is devastating. But the fact that you work your life, do a job that you maybe love, retire, and then that happens, life's short, isn't it?
0: Absolutely horrendous. Yeah, and that's why you've got to take every opportunity, which is why, you know, someone like Jeremy Sochan, who gets the opportunity to play in the NBA, you've got to take it. And it's very, you know, it's quite exciting, Hope, to say that, you know, he'd been growing up as a kid in the UK. You'd watch LeBron James, you'd watch these players on the telly that you dream one day of playing against. And he is the same position as LeBron James. Well, so only if he had Sky 5%... Sports.
1: Because if he had just normal <laughs> telly or freeview, then he probably wouldn't have watched it.
0: Well, the thing is, hope, there is an app called YouTube. Oh, which yeah. Which is quite handy. But but, but either way, <laughs> the point is, he will be up against LeBron James next season. And that's that must be one of the coolest things to be able to say. So I wish... Um, jeremy all the best and if anyone listening knows jeremy personally by any any chance please do let him know we'd love to get him on the podcast love to we'll, speak we'll to the sign him to his
1: dms lewis thing. anything's possible
0: yeah we'll give it a go i'm well, gonna we'll, we'll give it, a whirl. Gonna go, give it a whirl,
1: and you can give it well as well we'll be like hey yeah come on um but tonight, before we move on sorry go on yes. what
0: <laughs> well obviously you've got to keep your eyes on the prize for the nba draft
1: what team would you like to see him get drafted for
0: well I'm a Miami Heat fan, so I think it'd be cool to have a, him play for the Miami Heat. But equally, the Miami Heat have had a UK based player before. So I think given that he was born in Oklahoma, you know, he kind of he doesn't support Oklahoma necessarily, but it sounds like he's got quite a lot of affiliation there. I think that would be very cool to see him go there. But I don't know. He could he could go anywhere. That's seemed like the NBA draft. You just never
1: Do know. Miami Heat have a sponsorship deal with Dorito's Heatwave? Because if they don't, they're missing a the trick. <laughs> no, quite frankly, <laughs> I could be your marketing <laughs> there you go. lady. <sighs> Deep breath.
0: <laughs> Tell you what, hope it's absolutely boiling. Hope story number. What's number three in Spanish? Tres. Way. I don't know tres. if I'm getting
1: my Spanish and my French mixed up. I never learnt Spanish oh. in school. Only French.
0: Oh, didn't you? What was what's three in French then?
1: And uh, trois. But I did say tres, literally... so I got it right.
0: Yeah, I was saying you're multilingual. I That's didn't even know like I was
1: multilingual. Point. Amazing.
0: She's so talented. Um, Story number three, Hope. We're talking about a legend, someone we've actually spoken about a long, long, long time. Another legend. No, but now a proper legend, an absolute proper legend. More than us. I mean, she does have 23 Grand Slams to her name. We're talking about Serena
1: Williams. Oh, I heard her on the radio. Yes. I don't know if it was her talking or someone was talking about her because I was driving and I. Weren't well, really listening, but
0: American accent.
1: Um, I don't know. I can't remember. Basically, I can't remember. Okay. Had concussion. Remember? <laughs> Let me just milk that. Um, Serena Williams. Have you had concussion? Something. I had concussion. Did you know that? Um, I passed out. I don't know if you know. <laughs> um, Serena Williams is talking about maybe not returning to tennis because she loves her out of tennis life a lot. There's like a conversation at the moment. Am I right?
0: Yes and no. In in one aspect, you are right. There's question marks about her future and stuff. But the main reason why we're talking about her today is because she is officially returning after 363 days of not playing a singles match. She is returning to action on Monday when Wimbledon begins. So I was
1: totally wrong then. (laughs) So why did you say yes and then no? It was obviously a big fat no. no.
0: Because, because in because you're you're right in one aspect, and I, we'll get to that in a minute. So the seven-time champion actually was forced to retire today. Time of recording on Thursday, she was actually playing in a doubles tournament in Eastbourne with another amazing tennis player who's called Ons Jabeur, a um, great name, a Tunisian, yeah, great name, a Tunisian tennis player currently ranked number three in the world, number th- or third in the world. She's incredibly talented. Unfortunately, they had to pull a, pull out of their semi-finals double match because. Uh, Jabur suffered a knee injury by the sound twisted knee or something like that so they're not competing so now all of Serena's attention turns to Wimbledon but Hope it's big big news because she is returning a 40 year old woman hasn't played tennis for 12 months she's just got to the semi-finals and had to kind of unfortunately retired circumstance out of her control she's had a baby she's, retu- she's had a baby and she's returning to tennis hope in an incredible way a way that no one expected in any way so the question is Hope How's she going to get on? How is she? I'm just excited do? to Go hear the grunts dance. of
1: Wimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> when me and my friend we were younger, we used to play swing ball and we used to make the noises.
0: Yeah.
1: Did you ever right. do that? I mean, it's not. Where it's like,
0: uh, no. Uh. <laughs> well, because I mean, because the only thing about swing ball hope is, in my opinion, right. I don't don't dis swing, swing ball because swing ball is a baseball. brilliant game. No, it, it was fun. The only thing that ever do you know what me about is. it though, right, is when. No, no, no. It isn't. No, it was because when did you last play swing ball? Hope.
1: Well, do you know what? We've actually got one at Argos. My mum needs to go pick it up.
0: I oh, really... Yeah, so I'll oh, be yeah. playing like it soon. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's one of those... The only trouble with my issue with swing ball is when the ball comes to you and you miss it and it goes round the stupid thing, like the pole, and you've got to unravel it to do it again. And then you hit it and you miss the ball again. It goes all the way around the pole. It's just it just sounds like rubbish to me. Right, I'm oh, sorry. I-, I forgot there was a national swing ball tournament. Well, no, if, you, if, if Every time
1: you whack it, it's, get, it's wrapping round the pole. You're obviously not very good, Lewis.
0: I'll be honest, I've, I've probably, in my life, in my 20 years and how many days of living, I've probably played swing ball six times. Well,
1: look, you're going to, I'm telling you now, you come into the presenter friend's party, whether you like it or not.
0: All right. And we're, and playing, we're playing swing, swing ball. ball.
1: Aren't we? There we go. And for everyone else listening, sorry about that digression.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll have to cut all that. No, um, we well, anyway, won't leave so, But she, she, was, she was actually forced to retire 363 days ago. So she played against Alexandra Sashinovich at Wimbledon, and Centre Court, and she slipped. I don't know if you remember, Hope, because we did discuss it once she retired from the game. She actually tore her hamstring. There was these awful scenes of her crying. It was very like wet on the grass. Yes! And, and yeah, we did. We spoke about it. And, we, you know, we spoke, like, is Serena ever going to return? Well, a year later, it looks like this could potentially be her swan song. It could be her last ever WTA tour. But she's obviously going for that that incredible achievement set by Margaret Court of the 24th Grand Slams that she won in her time. So the question is, Hope, 40 years old, 12 months out of the game, returns back for the first time on Tuesday and gets to a semi-final. Can she go all the way and can she win it? I mean,
1: I appreciate that you asked me the same question twice because I didn't answer it the first time.
0: Why did you, You did, but you didn't, you like didn't shame mountain. me for
1: not answering it. I would like to say yes. I think she can. I think she's a very strong, determined can. woman. She is. She can do anything that she puts her mind to. She's
0: amazing. The only thing that I'd say, Hope, that's something to consider is that obviously the game of tennis not necessarily hasn't, it hasn't necessarily moved on in a way in 12 months that she's played. But I think in terms of her speed and agility, that might play a factor. You know, lots of people have said, she actually was amazing. In that doubles game, playing with Jabor, she was absolutely incredible. She was so, so, so good. Um, you know, great forehand, quite agile, look quite smooth. But the difference, say, with, and a bit like I learned in the French Open when I was logging it, is doubles tennis is completely different from singles tennis. And you notice it massively when you actually fully analyse the game of tennis. Because when you're playing in doubles, you know, if it's me and you now, Hope, you've only got to move one That's side like of the you're court. You're going down. You know? <laughs> No, no hope. Dou- doubles is when we're playing
1: together. Oh, yeah. In terms of when I play tennis, when I have in the past, like in school, yeah, PE, the aim for me yeah. was just to whack it as hard as I could. And I tell you what, I've got a lot of power when I whack a ball. But that's not the, that's not really? the aim, obviously. But if that was the aim, You'd I'd win every time. Anyway. So you,
0: you might be quite good at squash then, actually. I
1: do yes. like squash. There you go.
0: Squash and badminton, which Our is game. surprising
1: because badminton isn't like a
0: like a no I think is I, I, I find ba- I, don't, I don't I just don't it's not exhilarating it's boring like because you sort of hit it and it goes woo it's just not fun you want you know you want power like I'd rather get a baseball and whack it than like Pew! It's, you know it's mm. kind of like I don't know how to explain it. it's a little bit like when it seems like a bit like croquet a like
1: a bit of a posh one
0: yeah it's, it's, you know it's a slow it's it's fast but it's also a bit slow like it's not a very it's not very high energy it's high energy in one sense but it's not like a you know, in tennis, they've got rallies; go on for hours. In that, they've got you know the little what is it Shuttlecock. Shuttlecock. That is it. That's the only cool thing about it. It's called a shuttlecock. That is cool.
1: Mm, I feel like yeah, you don't really sweat in badminton.
0: No, you sort of just stand there and hit it, and then eventually someone drops it, and then you lose. But um, sorry, back to, but, you, back yeah, to it. Serena Williams.
1: Do you think she can do it?
0: I mean. In one sense, hope she's got nothing to lose. You know, she really doesn't. Returning to this tournament, no one thought she would actually make it back mm. to Wimbledon after having to you know pull out of other tournaments she was going to play in. I think she could. I think there's definitely an opportunity for her. I mean, in fairness, because she hasn't played for 51 weeks, I want you to guess, though, where is she currently ranked in the world for tennis? not not playing for 51 weeks. Two. <laughs> a, bit, a bit optimistic. Um a bit lower than four. That. No, one thousand and twenty fourth um so her rank in 51 in one year her rank went from being in the top seeds to being she's well ranked 1024th because she hasn't played so that's the sort of thing you realize although that doesn't well, your legacy doesn't soon goes
1: of tennis doesn't it
0: it'd be in one in one sense but it doesn't really because everyone knows who serena williams is it'd be the equivalent of like uh i don't know say a footballer like Mo Salah right now retiring or i don't know yeah, whoever retired for a couple of years and coming back, like Mike Tyson. When Mike Tyson returned to boxing, no one took away from who Mike Tyson was. He might not have been regarded as um, as one of the number best fighters in the world, but he has a legacy. Serena Williams has a legacy. She has something about her when she walks onto the, the court. You know she's what she's, she's gonna more bring, of a She's more a than boy. a tennis
1: player. She's a public figure, isn't she?
0: Absolutely, and she goes her her realm goes above and beyond, far beyond the court. Absolutely, she's on on and off an incredible person. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. I definitely think she can. If I'm honest with you, I don't think she will, only because of the pressure of coming mm, back. Yes, I think mm.
1: she's,
0: no, well, she's got you know she's got nothing to lose. But I think you know hope she she's lost her far, her last four ever finals. So she has, she hasn't won a final in four game I and mean, in four times. Although maybe this will be the fifth time, time she might a break the duct. You never know. She said she's She's
1: forty now. She's forty. So even if you're the most athletic um, person. <laughs> yes. athletic athlete age does soon come into into play in terms of your cognitive ability to react fast or you, yeah. you're just like even if your physicality is really good your responses are sometimes a bit slow so that could yeah could impact her that could hinder her
0: yeah that could. and also her speed her sp- you know in as i said in doubles tennis she is only really managing one side of the court sometimes two but not really that is the difference when you're playing, say, against, I don't know, let's say Ami Kanu or who, whoever you're playing. If you get served a forehand and then the, the return is the opposite side of the court, if you're not quick, then you're not going to make it. But I think, I imagine the, the way that I kind of predict it and see it going is that I reckon she will tactically set up in a way that means she will only want to receive balls that are either directly towards her or means she doesn't have to run too far. And that's not saying, I'm not saying she's slow in any way. Mm-hmm. But I think the speed at which she'll play, I imagine, has probably slowed down in that 12 months that she hasn't necessarily been playing professionally.
1: Radicano's, who you mentioned, who I actually wanted to ask you about. And I might be getting caught up here in terms of the boxing stuff. Because obviously in boxing, you have different divisions, you have different weights. In tennis, is there anything like that? Or can anyone play anyone, depending on your ranking? Could we one day see Serena Williams and Riccano?
0: Emma Raducanu. Can we ever see them yeah. have a go? There's no, there's no, there's no, um, yeah. The only way I hope that it works is seeding. It's a bit like the Champions League. So what will happen in a similar way is that they will get seeded, the people that have been selected, and they will then pick each other. It's a bit like, you know, it's like, imagine in one sense, a bit like when the Champions League happens, balls out of, um, out of the pot, they pull it out, they pull out your team and you're playing this person. Same thing for Wimbledon, same thing for tennis, that they will be assigned certain people to play and then there'll be a tournament tree and there could be a chance. Again, The I believe the draw is happening tomorrow on Friday at the time of recording. So tomorrow we'll find out um, who people will be playing. So that'll be interesting to see who Serena has got. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see. But there is, yeah, there is a likelihood she could be playing anybody. She could be playing the world number one. She could be playing uh, nobody. We just don't know.
1: Your predictions, please give us an email, sportsdummiespodcast at gmail.com. And
0: please do. on that
1: merry note, that rounds up the first episode of Series and
0: two, quattro, yeah. Way. Was, there a- <laughs> <Well done. laughs>
1: was there a delay because of Wi-Fi, or were you just trying to think? Am I right? Is she right?
0: No, I know, I knew. I just, I was, I was kind of waiting for. I was, I wasn't really sure what you to do. just Trying of, to scare
1: m- me into thinking I was wrong again.
0: <laughs> no, it wasn't yeah. intentional. But no. Everybody, thank you for listening. We really appreciate you being here back today with us. If you have any questions about podcasts, please do email us or drop us a message on Twitter or on TikTok, wherever, you know, we're on social media channels. So please do check us out. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or equally, if you're listening on YouTube, drop us a message on YouTube in the comments, write us some stuff, let us know what you thought and any other sports that we may have missed for the week or any other news, please do. Let and us if know. you're
1: thinking, what on earth is Lewis on about, YouTube? Oh, that's right. Series four? We're on YouTube, baby, so you can actually watch yeah, us. Yeah, we are. So if you are listening on Spotify, convert over well, not convert over, but have a little look see, and you can actually see our faces. Yeah, have a jump. There you go. Yeah. Just search Sports Hello. Dummies podcast and it'll pop up, I'm sure.
0: Yes, it will. But yeah, everybody from here at Sports and Dummies, take care. We'll see you for episode two very, very soon, and we'll catch you in a bit.
1: Bye.
0: Bye.